My name is Lawrence Stafford, and you're listening to Hella High Water, a Finisterre podcast exploring the depths of our oceans and the resilience of the human spirit. Hello and welcome back to the show. Thanks to everyone who's tuned into the California series over the last six instalments. can say we are beyond happy with the reaction to the show so far and again this year as we keep building on the library of inspired podcasts with people in our watery world. This week we brought things back in-house, so to speak, with a three-way conversation ahead of our latest artist collection. Dropping next week, or this week, possibly last week, depending on when you're picking this one up, we're talking all things French artist Lucas Beaufort, a self-described dreamer living in a world surrounded by beautiful monsters. Lucas's distinctive artwork explores the connections, mirroring his own affinity with the world and people around him. From his interwoven net-like murals to Gus Gus, the playful character who wanders the world exploring all without seeing or judging. We work closely with Lucas to adorn the range with bespoke designs exclusive to the collaboration. In celebration of this work and his creative output, we had Lucas down in Cornwall with us back in July, a few days on the cliff with the Finisterre crew and the rest of the thriving Cornish creative crowd. We hosted one of Lucas's inspired art camps, inviting a host of local art smiths to put brush to canvas to beautiful effect. All topped off nicely with a bit of a knees up, a glass of Savvy B and some Patonk. Big thanks to all who came by and reveled in the art with us. Lucas also painted just about every surface or window we had around the workshops which still adorns the walls. So if you're in the area this month, swing by and check that out. Back to today, whilst he was here, we sat down with Finisterre's own head of design, Todd, who tends to kick off these conversations with artists and many of our other product collaborations to discuss the process. We spoke about artistic inspiration, collaborations with brands and projects, travel and the world around us, and Lucas's unrivaled lust for life. I'm trying to remember if there are a few expletives in here, in which case, apologies for our French. Such was the collective passion for this one. Also to note, we recorded this one al fresco, so you may pick up a little wind and pass us by. All adds to the atmosphere. So here we go. Episode 21 with Lucas Beaufort and Todd. Gus Gus and Friends. And where are we now? Where are we now? You ask yeah. me. Okay. <laughs> we're, well, we're on the cliff in Cornwall and we're joined by Lucas Beaufort. Luca Beaufort. And uh, that's right, huh? <laughs> yeah, you it pronou- is. You pronounced your name differently earlier, yourself. Today? Your surname. I don't, I'm, I'm not, not Beaufort. Sure. Oh, the real yeah. way to do it, to say it, it's Please. Beaufort. Before, okay. Yeah. Before. Before. All this English trying to... <laughs> Sublime. There you go. And we've got Todd, obviously, well, lead designer. Head of design. Head of design, thank you. Correct. Who, um, who well, who kick-started off this whole thing and why we're kind of here today, which was the new Luca Beaufort artist collaboration. That's right. So actually, I was, I was going back through my emails earlier to see when we first had contact. And it's almost the year anniversary of when we first ever contacted each other, which is pretty cool. Um, and I think at the time, um, I think we was put in uh, contact through a mutual friend, actually, ex-Finister um, person. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think it was just highlighted that, oh my God, like 
you guys could just work really well together. I think there was just like a real natural essence to the work that uh, Lucas was doing, and I think where where we're at with a brand. Uh, so yeah, just the conversation got going, and yeah, I think we kind of hit it off really, didn't we? Damn, it's been a year now. <laughs> yeah, a year. I thought yeah. it was like more around October or something. Yeah, it was like during summer. That's when we first spoke, and then I think when we when we started getting kind of the brief together, and I think we we gave you like a little taste of um, kind of our creative direction and what we was what we was looking at, and I think in house here we was talking about inspire the brave to save the sea, and that was quite a big part of this, and we wanted it to be really romantic, and we wanted. Um, that kind of like active or act activism vibes. I think uh, we were we was also kicking off the C7 mm -hmm. uh, thing. Okay, yeah, that was pretty dominant. Yeah, yeah. So th this kind of captured that, and I think the the, the great thing uh, with your work, Lucas, was just that kind of camaraderie. I think uh, what I got from it was it was all almost. I mean, you can talk this through, but you have your gus gus. But it was like you've spoke to the team this morning. It's it's about people and about uh, friendship and. Uh, companions and I think uh, that that does really come through in the work I, I almost see the the characters that we've we've used on the t-shirts kind of arm in arm with each other it's everything I think you named it uh, it's all about like being with people because I would feel so sad you know I'm I, I think I'm the most happier guy in the world because I get the this warm love from others and I really need to see different things and talk with new people all the time. Sometimes I go to a random shop and I say, hi, how you doing? And, and, and we never met before. It's like, it's weird. It's a weird question for most of people when you don't know them. But I love to interact and start like this, like, how are you doing? Oh, we, we know each other. No, but how is everything, you know? People like, they don't used to like, to this welcoming thing, you know? I think that it's just like a high thing. That's it. But I like to go further, even if I don't know the person. And then you open the open the door. Yeah, well, I think, you know, we're in this age now of kind of like social media and all those platforms. And I think people can kind of very easily kind of create a character or hide behind a screen. So I think there's a mm -hmm. lot to be said by, you know, just how do you do and, yep. and, and establishing like real... I think we call it IRL now, don't we? But uh, like, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Digitized in real life. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like you said on the train yesterday, you know, you were sat next to someone on the train coming down from Bristol. You try to start a conversation. Not everybody is necessarily willing to have one back, but... Yeah, I tried. I was like, do you want some chips? Because the lady was very, like, not super open. And I was like, you know what to do when the person is not open is to give, give away something, like a glass of uh, beer or whatever. And I was like, do you want some Doritos? I was like, no way. And then she turned back, you know, and I was like, okay, I get it. You know, she doesn't want to talk to me. But I tried. And at the end, she left before me. And I say, have a good day. She was like, yes, have a good day. Yeah, I thought I, to me, it was like I was almost there. Because for me, it was, I failed. Because my, my challenge was to find a way to talk to her because I'm sure she was nice. But she didn't know how to be nice with me, you know. And I failed yesterday. I didn't have the time or the, the the proper words to connect with her. So sadly, I let it go. Oh, 
but I think sometimes that's the world we're living in. I think um, it, it's really kind of appreciated that we, we contact each other, but I think sometimes we've gone so far the other way, we, we almost don't know how to handle that, that mm-hmm. kind of openness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, you, you walk a coastal path around here, very easily you can say hi to someone, you get a high back. You don't get that walking through centre of Covent Garden. <laughs> Neither would you. Volume of people wouldn't allow it. But um, then we just So we just walked down to Trevellis. And uh, Luca made a very nice observation looking back towards Trevornance yeah. Cove. How yeah. it just looked, I mean, today is pretty butte, but it just looked like the Amalfi Coast. Mm. It was incredible. Yeah, I think you've come at exactly the right time. That's yeah. a very lucky. Perfect time to shoot a raincoat on the cliff. Well, here we are. I mean, you know, we, we design our seasons like so far in advance and quite typically we have that classic scenario of, um, you know, we design the winter range, we need to go shoot it and, and we're kind of showcasing it um, for, for our shoots in the middle of the summer. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how how can we make it look wintry and, and mm-hmm. rain and everything? So it's a, sometimes it's praying for rain in the summer, which is not what we like to do at well, all. Well, you just got back from pretty... Pretty wet, wild and windy Scotland. Yeah, uh, Scotland turned out for us. We were in the Highlands shooting uh, the New Autumn Range, uh, hiking. Um, Putting it to test. Yeah, massively. You were in your element because you had every bit of outdoor apparatus at your disposal anyway. We did, yeah. Water filters, <laughs> right? Yeah, and some of the, some of the old Finisterre product came into its own. So over the years, we've done kind of the odd piece here and there, but it, it, was, it was all brought to life for this trip. Uh, even the waterproof notebook. Oh yeah, right, right. We, we need to get you a, a waterproof notebook, so you can even get yeah, in the great. sea and, and do your artwork. Who was? Have you ever heard of it? Notebook. That's right. Waterproof pages. Yeah. So they were designed for the military, I think, originally. Like if you're out in the field, like. Um, but Todd did. It was probably one of our first smaller collaborations, mm. wasn't it? Yeah, it was. That was a little while back. But there was a. Have you ever heard of the artist Peter Matthews? No. He's done. He did some stuff with us. Very yeah, immersive yeah. ocean art stuff. Yeah, I'll so have to show you. A good few years ago, we worked with Peter, and um, a really wonderful artist. He he actually gets in the water, and he lets the, the motion of the water kind of push his arm, and he, he works with charcoals, and he drags his canvases into into the water and back onto the beach, and he. He'll create a campfire and like camp underneath his artwork. He's just like living with his artwork in in kind of solitude, and then he stitches them together and he just just makes these beautiful pieces for the wall. But he, yeah, he's doing really well right now. Is he? Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, a really nice kind of fine artist. Uh, but I think we should... yes, which brings me back to this, <laughs> yes. of course. So I mean, you mentioned there about the conversation kicking off almost a year to date. How does that? I, I think it's obviously I know some of the ins and outs working here, but for anyone who, who's listening, like how, what's the process of that? The back and forth, the freedom in which you obviously, you want the artist for all the work they do. So it's creative license to, to run with it. But what, well, yeah, the process of the back and forth and how it then eventually manifests in, in what we've got. Yeah. Well, I think it's over, collection. it's over to us really to kind of, yeah, just, just reach out. I mean, some things just come kind of word of mouth or, or people contact us, but I think it's, 
it's up to us to kind of just see how that relationship can unfold and I think we just absolutely loved um, Lucas's work and we just thought oh my god this is going to be really exciting for us um, and also it felt very new and different and I think for the time that we're planning to launch it it's it's almost this super exciting limited edition capsule that, that will carry the customer all the way through the summer holidays so to build in bits of swimwear and these these change robes which uh, you've not actually collabed on before so we, we was trying to work on some quite unique pieces we got a board short and we got a few other pieces the the sweats and the, the tees and stuff and the socks as well but um yeah we was just kind of planning like i think it was it was more about looking at um your artwork and thinking well, wow what what can we do with this it's just really fun i think then we kind of put that kind of little kind of creative document together and i think you kind of just run wild with it yeah you actually gave me white card and i loved it yeah first you know first discussion you were like okay what do you want to do and i was like i want to do what i do you know <laughs> i want to push uh, my gus gus and i really want to you know keep showing the idea of be being connected with people and you were super kind you were like yeah like show us what you want and let's see how we can like make uh, the best collection together and i really loved the fact that you gave me the f uh, total freedom to do what i want because otherwise i feel the frustration and it's hard for me you know to as an artist to really like uh be able to express what i want to say and uh so yeah i was uh i was really into it at the first meeting because you were like i'm with you um i know what what is it to be an artist and you do you do you and i loved it yeah well i think that's really important i think that you can't just work with somebody and just try and mold them or shape them i don't think to, to what you want i think the, the the best result is actually to allow the artist to be free to create and i think that's the whole point we work with you i mean we wanted your vision and your language to really come through in this work uh, which which has done um so really exciting for us Yeah, oh, it looks incredible. You mentioned Gus Gus there. Tell us a little bit about Gus Gus again. <laughs> Gus Gus. Gus Gus. Gus Gus. This um, this is a character that I created uh, in 2018, but it took me 10 years to create Gus Gus because at the very beginning I was making a lot of different monsters and I didn't have a name. For me, it was just like I loved drawing monsters. And then... When I got back from this trip from Egypt, I just drew Gus Gus exactly how it is on the collab, like this, like first try. I couldn't believe it. I was like, it took me 10 years to do these simple lines because it's super, super uh, uh, simple. But as you can see, you know, I, when I started painting, I was like putting a lot of details, thinking that the more details you put on your work, the better you are but I, I was wrong about it and I was when I was going to museum I was always saying like oh this is just so simple one dot on a big canvas and that's that's a very naive uh, reaction and then 10 years later I was like no this is like you start with a lot of details and then maybe at the end I will do just a line or just a dot like the the one I uh, you know I just said shit back then you know Uh, yeah, I mean, Gus Gus is this character that is a mix between uh, 
uh, a bird and, and a human. That's why you, you have all those elements, the feet, hands as the human and, and the beak as the bird. Uh, yeah, Gus Gus is me. I am Gus Gus actually, you know, with the hat, with, you know, this is exactly me. And I love people. So Gus Gus, he loves people, but, and, and it, I say he, but is she or he because no gender. Uh, I think Gus Gus is the best version of myself. It's something I didn't say uh, during, during the meeting. Uh, I try to be as Gus Gus. Gus Gus is my fantasy of like being the best human in the world, being like super open-minded, always smiley, always um, uh, happy to be alive, you know? And sometimes I'm grumpy. Sometimes I'm like, oh, you know what I mean? I'm like, because I, I have feelings. Sometimes I feel mm -hmm. different. And Gus Gus is like, it shows me that, no, improve your, try to be better every day, you know? And if it's small things, it just, and I, I see Gus Gus as the best version of myself. One day, I, maybe I'd be like Gus Gus. But uh, yeah, the, the idea of like uh, Gus Gus, he um, doesn't, uh, he can't see, he's blind. I love, and I can see, and I judge sometimes, you know? And I'm like, no, it's better not to see so you can feel. And if you don't, if you just feel, you, you don't judge people. You just like feel what's around you. And, and that's the beauty of, of life, not, you know, if you see somebody that looks weird or different, just be open, you know, just say it's awesome, you know, instead of like, oh, look at this fucking weirdo, you know. And uh, so I, I, I try to be better. And one day I'll be like, Gus Gus, like just the nicest animal in the world. Because is an animal, you know, I love animals. And I think it's, it's a mix of myself. You saw me all day with dogs. I love dogs. I love cats. I love all the animals. So that's why Gus Gus is a mix of animal and a human because I'm, I, feel this, I feel the same. I feel so, so, uh, so like this creature. So yeah, Gus Gus is, um, is my better version. I like that. Something to aspire to, yeah. I was, just, I was reminded there. So is Gus Gus a monster? Gus Gus is, is not a monster. Not a monster. The monsters were something that was yeah. kind of something that manifested itself in your work before. Yeah, and I, I used to have crazy uh, nightmares when I was young, you know, and I think it was all the monster that I had inside me before painting. And when I started to paint at the age of 27, I stopped, uh, you know, jumping during the night, you know, with uh, terror nights, you know. And I think that my monsters were just there to push me to start drawing to create Gus Gus. I know it sounds crazy. No, I like <laughs> it. I like, I'm, I'm reminded of, we, we did a, one of the very early artist series we did with was a guy called Fergadelic. Yes. And he did the cold water surf monster. That's right. Like, brilliant. We'll have to find you an old t-shirt somewhere in, in the archive, but this is quite, yeah, I mean, again, it really reminded me when you started talking this morning about your kind of early ideation and, and, and kind of monster theme yeah. stuff. But. Well, I think there's a real similarity here. I mean, I don't know if you know Fergus. Um, he, he, he recently designed the logo for Palace Skateboards. Um, he's the, he calls himself the graphic equalizer. Um, yeah, amazing illustrator. But yeah, he, he kind of, he's quite similar. Um, you, you mentioned earlier that you kind of naturally elevate towards the weirdos and uh, the kind of, the odd ones out 
Um, and I think that's that's exactly mm. Ferg as well. I think I think he feels like maybe he is that as well. But um, he definitely elevates. And you were saying earlier um, something really fun because because you, you do these kind of art camps. Maybe yeah. maybe you can explain that a bit more. But you want to create this kind of burning man of the art world. Yeah. What's I that? Wish. I mean, I started to. Uh, I mean, I always been. I always had crews. I always had like a lot of friends, like as a crew. Since even when I was seven, I had a crew of friends. I'm like, yeah, let's go, let's go skate, let's go outside, let's go anywhere, and let's connect and be be crazy. I was already crazy when I was uh, I was crazier before. Uh, I I feel like I'm more mellow now, but I was into like uh, making friends every everywhere, you know. And the art camp uh, is is kind of like an art festival that I. Uh, launched in 2019 in the southeast of France, and it was the same thing. It was, uh, you know, I used to say that art is an excuse. Art camp was an excuse to invite the artists that I love and to know who they are. But then I found out that this just amazing, more than like what they do, is to see them connecting with other artists and a month later, you see them like making collaboration. So it's like I'm, I'm the bridge between people but the people I really love so I, when they when they are during the art camp I'm, I sit with them you know you know one by one and I start like interviewing but with nothing just be, because I want to know who they are why are you asking all those questions man you don't know how much I love you and I love what you do and I have so much respect and it's crazy. You have so many stories of those artists that you invite them for a week. They have to paint on a big canvas for a show. And three days later, they didn't start. And you don't want to be rude because you respect them so much. You don't even want to say, do you want to start maybe? You're like, you hope, you know. And the last day, magical. They make it happen, you know. And if they do just a line, I come to them and I hug them I, I, and I kiss them on the cheek and I say, thank you. I will. I respect artists so much. Whatever they want to do, I will be so happy. So that's why sometimes when I work with brand and they really push you to redo it or change things, it's the opposite of what I think. But this is maybe because it's 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 business, you know. So it's a different thing. So I did first edition in France, southeast of France. Second edition, same place, and then COVID. So I had to make a little break. But the last one was in Florida, uh, recently in June, uh, in, um, in, um, near Jacksonville, uh, this place named um, Hotel Pounds, the best, kind of like a motel, where this time we had, so it's a small motel, but very high level things, you know, very high, nice decoration and stuff. And just 10 rooms available with 10 artists. So we had like all day long, people could come and like see us painting we had a room with like merch of every for from everyone and people couldn't come and we had parties every night uh bands playing we had food a kids day and this is this is a very tiny and cool event that i want to maybe one day create like you you mentioned uh burning man maybe one day i will invite all the people that i met and you guys are invited you know because also like you know, people always say, oh, I'm not an artist. And I say, you're wrong, because being an artist is so wide. It's, sometimes it's just the attitude. 
Maybe you don't paint, but the way you talk to people, you're an artist. The way you listen to music, you're, you're an artist. The way you walk, are you like this or are you like proud of being outside and alive? So when I say this to people, oh, we're all artists in a way, the way you cook things, you know? So if you want to join the Burning Man of Art, and it will be another name, this is just right now between <laughs> us, you can come and create with us whatever you want. So that's the goal. Maybe uh, in 20 years, I'll do it. You know, okay. when, uh, yeah, look forward to that. <laughs> yes, I'm ready. <laughs> you, you mentioned there about the, weir- the weirdos. And, mm. uh, I'm reminded of the, um, they called themselves the Beautiful Losers. And it was Jeff McFetridge, Ed Templeton. Barry McGee. Barry McGee. Um, but was, again, was really, you talk a lot about skate, but that was, all, that, was that, that kind of undercurrent or commonality through skate and art, which you're deeply rooted in. Um, yeah, yeah, I was just reminded of that Beautiful Losers kind of collective, and they say you talk about getting these people together and celebrating it in its entirety. It's, it's really, really cool. Obviously, there's, there's similar threads that run through all of these counterculture sports, skate, snow, surf, like, you know, we're heading down the coast this, this afternoon to go see you know uh, who we got Seb Smart show down in, in Newlyn and there's there's a there's a real scene here at the moment I think that there always has been you know got Babs in St Ives and there's you know there's, there's these small kind of collectives or definitely like kind of areas where art is just just runs throughout the county that definitely feels like at the moment there's a real surge in it and a real it's front and center mm. of a lot of things so yeah good time for you to be over but I mean, we'll get in the mix today, but I mean, growing up as a skateboarder and being surrounded by that, incredibly influential on the stuff you do. Man, it's everything. Yeah. If I owe something to, you know, if I have to give back to something, it would be for to skateboarding, to be honest with you. Like my mom was smart enough to give me a skateboard at the age of six with my brother, I have a twin, twin brother, and uh, we were like, oh, what is a skateboard? This is a plastic board, you know? And uh, I think it was in, yeah, I was 1987 or 88. And we were like, just like, you know, going down on the knees, you know? And my mom, after like a couple of months, she decided not to, she, she, she took the skateboard away. She was like, oh, I'm tired of your holes on your t-shirts and like we were dirty and stuff and I was like alright let's do other things because to me I didn't know you could do stuff with this you know to me it was just a toy and then six years later I was 13 and she was like what do you want for Christmas and I said I want my, my, my skateboard back <laughs> we went to this legit skate shop in, uh, in, in near Toulouse in France and I was like okay I entered the best uh, place in the world and since, since then, I'm still involved so much. I don't skate much because I don't want to, I don't want to die. Uh, you know, nowadays I'm like, maybe it's just like, I, I just, but I just love to be around this. I just love to go and, and flip through magazines, books and websites, you know, all day long. I see tricks and stuff that makes me feel like happy, like, like you don't even know it's everything it's my biggest inspiration maybe bigger than art you know like if i had to make like a decision art or skateboards even if it's the same thing to me 
I would keep skateboard and and well do something in skateboarding, you know, because it's it's everything to me. Yeah, wow. I I, I just I love the way in which art, music, and then a pastime like skateboarding just they it kind of um, they all feed on one another. Like I feel like you know you, you have someone like Ray Barbie who was instrumental in kind of that street skate stuff but now is just the most fantastic musician right and that i feel like there's one thing inspires the next there's there's lots of lots of pro skateboarders out there surfers and the like who have these the way in which they switch off from that thing by picking up something else that is equally as artistic or involved um yeah i i, I don't know if there's even anything to explore there but it's how many skaters that exist, like pro skaters or am or whatever, that does many things at the same time? They paint, make music, take photos, take photos. Yep. It's 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 a common thing. Mm-hmm. Like they have their own brand. They do like pants or t-shirt or you know, it's it, it's amazing. Like I think it's because they've been around, surrounded by those people since their young age. Like the older brother making like. Uh, you know, like um, screen prints or whatever, you know. So when you get into this world, then one day you try to get this old camera from your grandpa and you start shooting your friends. And then, yeah, it's, it's just a natural thing. But it's not only, you know, in, in, in the skate world, but that's the world that, that I know. And back then I played soccer, for example, football, you know, and it wasn't the same, you know. It was cool because we were a team, but... There's no real background behind, you know. It was much more like, oh, let's practice during the week and the weekend we play the game. But it wasn't like, oh, let's play music tonight. It was much more like focus on on, on just the sport, you know. In skateboarding, it's like, it's, it's, it's yeah, there's no, it's unlimited, I guess. Um, and in terms of culture, I mean, you was talking about magazines earlier, but you you did some work for Desillusion magazine, right? And I think when... Uh, when we first started talking, I can't quite remember, but I, I'm sure you mentioned something about Finister when you was first writing in Desolution, um, or you was you, you you was talking about maybe how you first heard of Finister. Is there a story there? Yeah, I think it's, it, it is through the magazine because I was um, I was the guy uh, selling ads in the magazine, okay. so I was always like reaching out, mm-hmm. seeing how we can work together. And I'm sure that I was like, uh, I saw some stuff from Finister, but a long time ago, I think it was around, yeah, yeah, 12 years ago, you know, cause I left in 2013. So I think it was around like uh, 2010, 2011. And I was like, uh, I don't know if we did stuff together, but I, I talked to, to someone there and I was like, hey, this is the magazine. Do you want to have it? Check this out. Maybe we can come over. Because to me, you know, I think I learned everything from skateboarding, but also like the chapter Desillusion. Mm. If you know where we come from, like a stupid, uh, cheapest zine, like with five pages from the southeast of France that we were just like giving away around down the street selling ads to to any anybody that down to put some money into it you know it was kind of like a big brother magazine with porn stars music punk rock skate bmx you know all those stuff together with a lot of mistakes and like bad photos 
we were stealing photos from the internet, you know, not stealing, but we, we didn't know that we were not allowed to take photos. Uh, they were pics, you know, with a lot of pixel bad photos, you know. But when you start from this to at the end, having like a coffee table book that everybody like super like uh, respect, it's crazy. It's a long way. But I think that it helped me, it shaped me in a way how I, am I going to survive in the art world? Like, how can I make it happen? I had to hustle, to be honest with you, you know, because it's not a magical thing. It's like, oh, you know what? I'm a good artist. Everybody's no, is going to knock my door. That's bullshit. You have to come with your balls and be like, let's work together. Oh, you don't want? It's okay. Next time, be, try to stay positive, you know? And I did magical things because I was like so into it and so enthusiastic. So uh, I don't believe on the magical like, don't worry, you the best artist people, they will reach out to you. It's happening, but there's you a, have to- a grind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. you have to be like, yeah, you have to hustle, I guess. Because nobody really helped me. You know, when back then with the magazine, we had to do this because it was like, how are we, how are we gonna pay uh, the print, how are we going to pay us? I had to go with the magazine and talk to the butcher, the bakery guy. Oh, do you want a uh, half page? It's for, uh, you can pay me. Ca-. You know, it, it was this thing. It was like really wild back then. I was trying to call like those surf brand. Hey, this is Lucas from... Like, it was even hard to talk to the intern. Nobody wanted to talk to us. We were the black sheep, you know, black sheep. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when you come from this, you got so much, so many slaps in your face. We don't care about you guys. And then you're like, okay, what's the problem? We need to take the photos now. We need to improve the, the, the writing. We need to meet people. We need to travel. We need people to respect us step by step. And like all the competitors, they were like, disillusion, piece of shit. And then we're like, taking over them one two three four like what the fuck is it desillusion like five years later they didn't believe their eyes it was like, is it really desillusion yes it is but every single num- every single issue were like how can we make it better you guys were like we're the best we don't need to improve you know that's so that's my that's who i am i think i can do better every day with people and with my art you know what i mean it's simple like, like, like this and I think it's the same for you guys with Finister. You want to do a better collection, um, year, you know, every year, right? Am I wrong? Well, that's right. I mean, um, next year it'll be our 20th anniversary. I mean, it's, it's been a mission. Uh, nothing's that straightforward. It's, it's I, I guess, in t- today's age, um, you know, like you get these kind of direct-to-consumer brands that are just going to crop up and... They have invest investment and they just grow hugely, but they have no soul. Um, so I think this, yeah, certainly uh, this brand, it's all about building the message, building the soul. And here we are kind of almost 20 years in uh, with still a lot to prove. Um, here we go. What is the, was this the biggest challenge for you guys those days? Uh, uh, talk about like creative creativity. How can you come up with like something very, exciting all the time uh do you how what's the process of this because you you know if i talk to my about myself i have a website 
and I, 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 it's hard for me to follow up with the new t-shirt range, sweatshirt range, um, screen prints all the time. It's like I want to do like a brand every three months, something new. And it's hard for me to follow up. And I sometimes think about you guys like every three months, something like, because it's like you have like different seasons or two seasons. Or two three, seasons a year. Two seasons yeah. a year. But it's always, you're always working on something because it's like, how do you keep up with like, always like, oh, this is a new collection. And the next day you start a new one. That, yeah. I mean, that, that's how it rolls. But I think um, generally there's just a, a real passion within the business i mean you could talk to tom and sometimes i think he kind of has to pinch himself because uh people really are dedicated here to the brand and that and the mission of who we are um and i think yeah season in season out you know we we just aim to uh, do the best we can and, and and make the product even better um we try not to jump on trends uh, we try not to create just this whole wheel of churning of clothing over and over it's about uh, building uh, for purpose and, and trying to give our customer what they really need so they can go out in the world and they can explore and they can they can live through adventure and just like yourself they can they can meet people um and i think yeah that's kind of the essence of the brand really i think what was what was started kind of 20 years ago i mean yeah, the internet had been around for a while, but I mean, not everyone had access to it. Um, back in 2003, you, you talked to Tom about, you know, his kind of dial-up modem and trying to, you know, you couldn't share the phone line. And uh, eventually, you know, when we had just a one-page website, I mean, it feels like it, it wasn't that long ago, really. But I mean, right. it, it, it... 20 it, years is not that long ago. It no. fe- you know, the the things that have changed are just so insane since then. It's like like the birth of the internet and and if you look at kind of the digital world and in gaming and music like how how it's changed so much um but i mean we're we're forever inspired um there's a lot of testing i think we're you know as in you know investing early in things like um even not even product or our packaging you know this dissolvable packaging leave no trace packaging was a that was creative in our output in terms of there's a problem, there's a solution, it's very early in development, but how do we get behind that early? And I think even those decisions we make very early on and on a micro level, when they eventually come to be, like that really fuels us. And you ask us how we remain creative. Like I think getting on things early actually, like going, you know what, there's a massive issue with wetsuits. And that's been a real project to Tom's is like, okay, well, how do you, how do you bring to life this circularity model of wetsuit um, production and end of life? And that's that's that just births all this other creativity. Creativity, sorry. So I think um, that that comes from challenging ourselves. Going okay? there's there's a problem, there's a solution out there. I think that's the beauty of like the creativity that we work within. Yeah, and I think we we strive to be brave mm-hmm. as well and to try and challenge ourselves and to look at areas that almost feels impossible. Because surely everything has to be possible. So I think even even with the wetsuits, I think a, a lot of people have turned around and said, what are you guys doing? Is that even possible? But here here we are, like a few years in, and we're, we're starting to really get somewhere. I mean, right now, the the whole range has, has moved to Ulex, which is the plant-based neoprene. Um, but we've got some, some other things in the pipeline. I think uh, we're looking at 
wetsuits from wetsuits. Uh, we're looking at circularity. Um, we know full well that uh, recycled plastic is, is having a whole shift and the future is actually making product from product. So I think, I think as a brand that's deeply rooted in, in surf, um, I don't think you can really be a surfer without kind of believing um, in looking after your, your playground and your environment and, and the water and, and you, you naturally see the damage or you see the shift. Um, and yeah, we, we want to move forward and um, we want to have integrity with what we do. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. And yeah, I'm going to say we're um, tomorrow night. We're obviously everyone we're gathering here. So this will be out way after that. So thanks for coming, everybody. <laughs> but what else? What I mean, we're we're going to head around Cornwall next next couple of days with yourself, and then you're off. You're back traveling again. Last two years, wings clipped, like very much grounded back home in Normandy, which you said the, you said yesterday was has been quite nice. Yeah, learning your you know, your your home landscape, so to speak, uh, and then but then you're back on the road again. You're India. Yeah, so I'm from the French Riviera, and in 2018 we decided to do a tour de France with my wife to see where we would love to live, because she used to be a lawyer. She quit to be with me, and to so we work as a team. So she knows everything about what I do. And she is the back office, all the administration and people doesn't, they don't, they don't know about like how, like, I really feel like I do, uh, I work as a, as like a brand with like a September, October strategy for the next year, where we want to go, how we want to, how we want to do things and with what's the, what's the image and everything. And uh, everything I say about um, my story is, is really true. But um, um, I think um, it's very important to have, like, uh, to be able to um, to know where I'm going the next year and maybe the year after. Otherwise, you know, it's uh, I would be very like uh, it would be very scary, you know, to leave month by month. So um, with my wife, we're like we sit September, October. It's like where do you want to go? So we have the <laughs> the globe, you know. Like turning in, like oh, what about there? We should do um, a trip around island, and we should do a trip on the boat. You know, so it's like every dream we have, we just write it and we uh, we we make it happen. So um, 2018, we went to Normandy because we thought it was a nice uh, place to stay. We found the house of our dream. You know, it's like we saw the house. It's like, is it going to be our house? I almost cried. You know, because I lived in a small apartment for so many years. I was like, oh, maybe it's it, it is, and but the funny thing is like we bought the house end of uh, end of 2018, and the next month January we went crazy on f travelers tra uh, travels, uh, from China to Australia like in like the 2019 was the craziest year of traveling maybe like we took like a hundred flights, I know it's not that good for the planet but I planned trees. So uh, I did I did my job, but what I want to say is like I didn't really have the time to um, appreciate uh, Normandy, and then 2020 I was in LA when uh, lockdown, you know, and I was like shit, 
going back home, what's going to happen. I thought it would be like for a month. I think it was the same for everybody. Everybody thought, oh, it's a, it's a month lockdown and then it's going to roll again. And then I was like, no, I'm going to stay longer. So I staying in Normandy for like six months was the best because I really enjoyed, you know, just sit back and I, I didn't relax at all because I was like, okay, I have all those trips canceled. How are we going to survive? Because that's the reality, you know, it's not like I get paycheck from from like uh, the government or something, you know, it wasn't like that easy. So we we had to, to find solutions, but we did it. We survived. And then like, yeah, I'm back to travel and I'm like more than ever, like since. So we are in June, uh, July, early July. I already did like four trips in the U.S. from January to now, which is crazy if you think about it. And then I'm going to India next next uh, next week, then back to the U.S. and then back to China, and it's like uh, back to the U.S. again for uh, Art Basel, a crazy year. But yeah, I'm I'm like I, I felt alive again because I loved staying in Normandy, but my life is on the road, on the road with with the with the with the wife, you know. Like without her, I feel like if I, if you I mean, having her next to me, it's really like, I do, I can like just fly. And honestly, like she's the, she's the fuel. She's the, she's the oxygen that I need. Cause I'm, I'm the fire. She's like more like chill, you know? And she, she makes the good uh, balance with her. Like uh, I'm, I'm safe in this world. <laughs> and how about Cornwall? You gonna come back to Cornwall? Oh, for sure. Honestly, like, uh, you know, when I was younger, I always wanted to go to the city, you know, Skater Boy, Skate Plaza. I hate, uh, I hated like the countryside because it was boring when I was younger. And now the more I grow, the more I want the peaceful little land with no horns, no like ah, screaming things. Paris, I love Paris. But after two days, I'm, I'm fried because it's too much of like, People screaming, fighting, whatever, you know? It's like, oh, it never sleeps. Like New York, you know? And here, like when I came here, I was first time, I was like, what the hell is that? It's like piece of paradise, honestly. Like it's so peaceful. And I'm, I'm about to come back and stay a month, uh, like an art residence or something with, the, with, with Garance, my wife. And for sure, I'll, I'll be back because I already sent her some photos and she was like, okay. Let's uh, let's plan our our trip there. But the thing is, when am I able to go? It's like my schedule is like, I I, I did I did it. I could be like, okay, let's chill. My schedule is like every single uh, second counts, you know. So it's like I can come whatever whenever I want here. But it's like as my schedule is like planned until end of this year, I really need to think about next year now to make sure I can come. What's the best? Now it's it's that June is the best timing, right? I think what, next what time you need to come and it's wild, like experience the other side of Cornwall. Oh yeah, yeah, like winter, big seas, you know. Definitely. What about winter time with the with the fog oh, and no. like? Yeah, in the pub with the fire. Yeah. You'd wow. Be, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe we go for the opposite. You're right. You're right. Just one question on that. Like with all your time spent traveling and in between projects and starting new, like where do you find the time to maybe sit back, recalibrate, and then 
be more creative yourself like how does your output evolve when you're always on the road moving is this something that's really really linked with that or do you need the time to sit back and um it's a very good question mm. actually because uh when i don't work um i feel bad but if i always work i don't have time to think about the creating things about like okay let's let's take this this month just creating things not for like commissions no for brandings no for something that is planned with somebody just for the love of like creating you know so i'm in between i i need to work to feel alive and when i don't work i i i don't know i still like i'm still trying to find a balance because uh yeah i work every day 24 hours like not 24 hours but i really work seven days a week people always like you never chill never because i don't know how it is i always find something to do <laughs> i don't know um i really i was in Tahiti uh, in uh, in december last year and i was supposed not to do nothing and on the side i was like with my little sketchbook and i was like okay I have an idea and she was like what are you doing oh nothing i'm just like drawing little things and uh, i was like writing concepts and projects that i want to do i was like even like kayaking with my little sketchbook but it wasn't like it was wet it wasn't waterproof okay. yeah 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 uh, and i was like escaping so i have the time to write things yeah i don't know how to take a break that's really interesting we've got we've got a I feel like this might be quite naive, naive. I feel that there's like, I'm sure there's a million different types of kinds of artists and characters within that. But like, you're very busy, can't can't put the pen down or can't stop. You've already painted half the windows here at Will Kitty. <laughs> um, and I'm just thinking, uh, David Duran, uh, one of the guys who's going to join us tomorrow, he's a prolific worker as well. If he's not creating in his studio, he's in his sketchbook. And he's doing something there, like can't put it down. And I know there's probably another artist who is a little bit more, I'll work when I feel a wave of creativity come over me. Otherwise, you know, I imagine some people will be more inclined to sit back and wait for it to come, right? And uh, I was speaking the other day about, um, I was down at the Serpentine Lido, the swimming pond in the center of London. And they have a members club there, whereby they have five hours in the morning that it's members only. And they say, at six in the morning, the first people who come are the doctors. They're the, the doctors come before their shifts or whenever. They're the first people in the pool and they're the first out, but they've got their fix in the water. The next lot are probably the office workers, people with the nine to five, possibly. And then as, as it goes throughout the as it goes throughout the the day, it gets later and later. And the last people to come are the artists. <laughs> this is what the the president of the Serpentine Swim Club said. He said the last people who come are the artists. And it, you know, right on cue, this Italian guy comes running around the corner through the gate into the serpentine. And he, there's like three minutes left on the clock before 9.30. And he just like strips his clothes. He's everywhere. He's, oh my God. And then he just jumps in, does like one, he doesn't even do a length, hops out, shakes it off. I, and I chat to him about 10 minutes later and lo and behold, artist. <laughs> um, it's, I mean, I don't, not even a question that, but. The, yeah, like that, that, that relates back to my previous question of like, I think where I'm, do you find the time to I think sit with it? I am addicted now. The thing is an addiction. Mm -hmm. The more you work, the more you need to work. My dad is the same. 
my what dad you, what does your dad do the dad is uh is uh he, he has restaurants i mean he always had restaurants since my young age so he's a hard worker seven days a week i haven't seen him much you know uh he was always working like going back home at 2 a.m waking up at seven so you don't even see him and i was always impressed by hey so i worked with him for summertime you know to get a little bit of money when i was 15 16. after two months i was burnt i was like and it was like doing it every day i was how how can you how can you like be motivated every day he's like i'm, I'm addicted now it's like and uh i see him if it doesn't if he has a now he has one day off a week and i'm like what do you do he goes to restaurant and he, he prepare things <laughs> for tomorrow i'm like you see you have a day off but you still go to your restaurant to yeah i think it's an addiction kind of mm. i don't know if it's gonna kill me no i'm i swear it sounds you like know. you're living in the meantime so yeah 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 i don't know it's a it's a very uh I'm, I met so many different artists with different view, you know, different opinion. And I met this guy, is very, very inspiring, uh, Jacob Ofgren, that used to be the art director of uh, Polar Skateboard. So this guy, I don't know if you remember these artists, they do, he makes uh, some like uh, comics with the weirdos and it's very, very talented guy. And I, I love to interview people and I went to uh, Sweden to interview him. And uh, it blew my mind. I was like, hey, so what do you do this month? I do a board, one board graphic. And how long does it take you? Oh, one week. And what do you do the rest of the time? I just chill and skate. And I was like, you, and, and we talked about money. And I was like, uh, how much you get from this design? It was like this much, which is low because it's just one board graphic. But he said like, all I need to survive is this much. If I make more money, uh, I will have to save it. And he doesn't like the process of like saving money for you don't know what. It's just like saving money on the bank. No, he, he just wants the money he needs. And at the end of the month, he has just zero, you know. And I, I like the process of like, we are, the society pushes us to like save money in case of catastrophe or a crazy storm or crazy whatever you know him is the diff is different it's like i just need this much why do i need to make more money i was it's the, the first guy because it was like but could you make four boards a, a month yes i could make more money but i don't need this money and i was like i was oh, wow that's 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 super inspiring because do we really need to to you like my my wife she used to work in the as a lawyer and uh notary you know when you buy houses so she was able to see bank accounts of people people are saving crazy money like they die with crazy money what for they save money for 60 years they and they live like very humbly you know they just one week they go vacation and they save money they save money and, at, and, and one day they die with 300,000 euros on their bank account that they're going to give away, give to their son of sometimes they don't have kids. <laughs> What's that? You know, so it reminds me uh, the Jacob story. Like, do we really need to save all this money? For what for? You know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And I think you just need to live. Yeah. You just need to live. That's yeah. where I wanted to go. Yeah. yeah you need to live. And find your place. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And live creatively. Yes. Yes. Because it's just like, 
we're just here for a certain moment of time, you know, right? It's That's just right. like nobody remember it, especially when you're 20, 25, because you think you, you're eternal, you know? Mm. But then you realize that, no, let's fucking leave, you know? And it's, uh, it's on you, you know? It's like, how do you want to live? I want to live 10 life, to be honest with you. I want to live 10, 20 lives in one life. So I do my best, you know, to, to make it happen. But yeah, let's make it magical. It's, yeah. it's happening once. Well, I'm glad uh, Finnis there could be part of that journey. Thank you. Thank you for that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be a part of the story. 20 years. Beautiful. Hey, great parting words. Live creatively. In everything you do. In Even washing the pots. Hey, thanks, Todd. Thanks, Luca. Thanks. Cheers. Well, I hope you enjoyed that one. A look into the creative process and how these things come to be. I gotta say, just a few days spent in Lucas's company made us all down here in Will Kitty feel a little lighter, appreciate the opportunities and the people around us, and to perhaps not take some of life's moments too seriously. We'll actually be auctioning off some of the art curated during the art camp in the coming weeks, with all proceeds going back to the Finisterre Foundation, creating equal access to the ocean for everyone. So stay tuned in there to see how you can get yourself an original Lucas Beaufort among a host of other great works. Massive thanks to Lucas for your time and energies. Be sure to check out the collection for yourself, both in-store and online at finisterre.com. Big thanks to Gareth of Chatterbox Audio for stitching the show together. Sound designed by the talented CJ Mirror. If you are listening via the usual podcast platforms, subscribe to be the first to hear future episodes. And we'll see you next time.